Time for some white splaining from what the fuck is wrong with you people. Let's talk about racism. Racism is anyone, any race, disliking or attacking or diminishing anyone, any race, because of their race. Doesn't matter if they're a different race, doesn't matter if they're the same race. It's any attempt to attack someone based on their race. Period. Systemic racism is racism which requires a component of power. I'm seeing a lot of dumb motherfuckers out there who are saying racism requires a component of power so a minority can't be racist. No. Go fuck yourself. Systemic racism requires a component of power. Because systemic racism is the one that denies people access to certain benefits. I also see dumb motherfuckers out there talk about racism. He hates the Jewish relation, religion. He's uh, not relation. Uh, he hates the Jewish religion, so he's racist. No, no, no. He's a bigot. Racists are a subcomponent of bigots. Bigots are people who hate other people because of a specific quality. Tends to get a little muddied in modern day terminology. Uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah they, uh, that's what bigots do. Um, elitism is not always racism. Elitism is elitism. It's where someone says, I've got a lot of money and people without money, they can go fuck themselves. Elitists will usually enact laws or policies that harm people who are poor or don't have that much money. Um, that's about it. The funny thing about racism is that a lot of people who are racist are racist because they're fucking stupid. Or just because they want to direct their anger at something. But not everyone who's racist is stupid. There are a lot of intelligent people out there who are racist. And they use their intelligence to carry out and manipulate actions based off of race hatred. And a lot of people out there don't understand how an intelligent person can be racist because they don't want to comprehend that you can have an intelligent racist. They want to think of racist as all stupid, dumb, clunky people. And so they turned a blind eye to people who are intelligent and racist. Some of the most important mathematicians in the last 60 years were incredibly racist pieces of fucking filth. And yet they have entire books in their libraries and whatever 
you know, in mathematical libraries and whatever named after them and their processes and all that stuff and hailed. And, and that's a problem people are just going to have to live with. There are some really horrible people who have done really important things. And you can't just say, oh, well, he's racist. I'm going to deny that there were any contributions made. I mean, you, you have to say, yeah, that guy, that guy made a huge contribution. He was a racist motherfucker. And George Washington, racist asshole, created the United States of America, basically, through his military genius. And he was a military genius. And, uh, you know, really, one thing, same thing with Sherman, General Sherman, military genius, racist asshole. But there is something to be said about racist assholes who wind up changing their beliefs, especially in a climate where racism is not frowned upon. Toward the end of his life, General Washington realized that a lot of things that he did were fucking wrong. Uh, General Sherman, as racist as he was, toward the end of his life realized that the country and the world had to move forward and had to change, right? The important lesson of George Wallace was not him standing on the steps saying segregation now and segregation forever. The important lesson about George Wallace is a communication to other racists out there. Hey, yo, you can change. You can move forward. You can discard that part of your life and move your ass forward. That's an important lesson. And it's not forgiving or forgetting. It's not forgetting, forgiving and forgetting what they have done. It's acknowledging that they realize that they fucked up and now they have to try and undo the damage that they had visited upon others in their lifetime by attempting to move forward. Or at least through their own example saying, hey, I made this mistake, do not make this mistake like me. That's what's important about those types of people. Then you also have examples such as uh, Operation Paperclip. I believe is what it was called. Racist and bigoted pieces of shit like uh, that rocket specialist uh, Brown. He was a fucking genius. He was a fucking genius. The United States grabbed all those genius Nazi scientists and said, okay, come on over here, you. You want to go to the moon? We want to go there too. Give us your knowledge. So he did. Created NASA. Created jet propulsion laboratories. And when they were done with them, they kicked his racist, bigotist, and bigoted asshole out of the fucking government. 
He was a racist, bigoted asshole who had a lot to offer, and we took everything he had to offer. Said, okay, we won't kill you. But uh, your penance is helping us, helping to prevent communists take over the world, and helping us to develop new technologies, and we will let you live, and when you're done helping us, you can go ahead and survive on your own. He wasn't forgiven for his crimes. He still had to answer for those crimes to some degree. But that's when you come to the question of, of when does the good outweigh the bad in an individual? The effects that that, that uh, scientist had created a lasting presence of one of the most successful countries in the world. A country that continues to fight for equality, both within and without its own borders. A country that still, for two steps forward, always takes one step back. But we're still taking two steps forward. Two minus one, still one. Two steps forward, one step back. We're still taking those two steps forward for the one step back. Focus on those two steps. You know, stay positive, move forward. So another thing about race. I've been called every damn name in the book. I'm not white enough for white people who consider themselves to be the white people, representatives of all whiteness. Definitely white, in terms of minorities. Minority looks at me, any kind of minority. You're a white boy, you're so white. You outshine my sheet. <laughs> uh, I sure miss some of my friends. Um, but I'm not white enough to be white, according to some white people. And when playing video games, I'm too good to be white, so I must be Asian. Or I must be a filthy G-word, as they would put it. Or filthy, if I'm not, if I'm not Asian. I'm not a filthy G-word. I'm a filthy N-word. So I'm kicking ass. Actually, the, the racism online tends to be you're a filthy N-word if you suck at video games and you're a filthy G-word if you're too good to be legit. Or good, and too, good to be, and too good to be legit but not good enough to be a cheater, right? Unless you're a filthy G-word cheater. Right? So I've, I've been on both sides. But I've also been, you suck, you must be a white boy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, I laugh it off. Uh, you know... 
I laugh it off, but I don't underestimate the amount of emotional harm those words cause. I don't, I mean, I say I laugh it off because like, dude, you are a fucking asshole to be saying that shit on any level, let alone to me. Fuck you, right? Like I, I kind of, I cheated when I wrote, um, when I wrote Clarence in my book, John Rocket. I have him meeting Ben, Shirley's brother. Um, Clarence was best friends with Ben before meeting Shirley, and Ben didn't bother telling Clarence that they kept going to that bar because he wanted to see his sister that he hadn't seen since she was like two years old, right? Older brother wanted to see his baby, baby sister. He knew his uncle. His uncle knew him. They never told Shirley right out. Uh, just because he wanted to see if she was going doing okay. Because I mean, Ben was in a terrible situation. Hank, a racist, bigoted, piece of shit, motherfucker, kicked his daughter out was going to force her up for adoption and his brother Shirley's uncle saved Shirley said I'm not going to let my niece be taken away so yeah I don't I don't go into it I don't say that Shirley's adopted father her uncle was racist or anything growing up with Hank as a brother they probably shared a lot of same views. But something happened at some point where Hank's brother realized that racism wasn't for him. Bigotry wasn't for him. At some point he realized that, right? Probably because he dealt with a lot of white people, especially after owning the bar. Dealt with a lot of white people in Union City that were a hell of a lot less reliable than any of the so-called quote-unquote filthy minorities, right? So I imagine that uh, Hank's brother, his uncle who has to work with people who are going to bars, some pretty shady, nasty people, most of them being white. I have a feeling that Hank's brother said, you know what, this racism thing is all a bunch of bullshit. So John Rocket, I have Hank's brother taking his niece, saying, I'm going to adopt her. Hank says, fine, you're not welcome around my fucking house because I don't want my wife to see her, right? Of course, she knows where her daughter is, and every once in a while, she will communicate through Hank's brother. Hank will sign to Shirley, tell her about all the wonderful things that are going on, Shirley's mother never, never uh, learned sign language, so it's the only contact the two had was through an intermediary. And so Clarence becomes friends with Ben. And the moment that they become friends with Ben, he, they become friends. Ben goes in with his white, white cohorts from the uh, high school. 
probably not segregated because it's not really part of the country that really was segregated. But they still didn't go to the same school, even though school systems weren't universally segregated here in Colorado. A couple of them were, not too many were. There are different levels of segregation. There were same class segregation, front of the class, back of the class, left side of the class, right side of the class, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my grandma, she had to sit in the back of the class and she never received uh, the new textbooks. She was Italian. She lived in Utah, Mormon country. Italians were not white enough to be white. They were white blacks. That's how Italians were considered. So, um, Colorado, like different types of segregation, there were some schools, that, there were a couple schools specifically in the rich areas that were whites only. So you have elitism mixed with racism. Uh, not only were they whites only, but you had to make a certain amount of money to, in order to be in that school. And yet they were public schools, right? Um, so that's the that's the feeling. Oh, there's a there's a there's a note for me. I'll answer that in a second. So that's the general feeling of Union City here in Colorado, 1940 some, right? It was Clarence's twenty eight, I believe, in nineteen fifty three. So, um, Ben comes in from a middle-class school. There's a couple of black students in there. Mostly white area of the city, though, so you have mostly white people. But uh, Ben goes down to the, uh, to the jazz club and nightclub. You know, not, it's not like Harlem Jazz Club. It's just like, uh, it's just a bar where they play music. I mean, it's... Kind of like the House of Blues in Las Vegas, right? If you've ever been there, like a sit-down place, and um, there's another message for me. Uh, sit-down place, House of Blues. Uh, I mean, it's it is pretty fancy. So imagine it being a little bit less fancy. That's about the type of nightclubs. Or another message for me. Uh, <laughs> Um, so that's the type of, of nightclubs or, 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 you know, uh, bars that would have people who play, uh, nice, good music, sit down, talking the forties. So there is cigarette smoke. Um, it's not a dive. It is not a high class nightclub, like where Billie Holiday would sing. Ben walks in. It's a nightclub usually reserved for people who are black. Or rather, that's where the local black populace, you know, who likes to go to that nightclub would hang around. It's not New Orleans. It's not segregated. Uh, it's like social segregation. Social seg segregation is where people find it accustomed to be with a certain race. Um... It's like a subconscious thing, almost. So, he goes there, listens to the music. Uh, a couple of Ben's friends say some sort of stupid comments. I, I never wrote down what they said. Um, I mean, stupid comments are stupid comments, right? Not necessarily racist, but, you know, stupid enough that would be like, dude, shut your fucking mouth. 
right? We've all made a stupid comment in our lives about anything. So, uh, Ben notices Clarence reading a book. Hey, kid. What you doing, doing your, doing, what's up, math? What you doing, doing math? Well, listen to this guy, well, listen to this music. Clarence said, hey, shut up, asshole. Doing my math because I want to do my math. <laughs> I'm doing my homework here. Well, is this your home? <laughs> Prick, asshole, son of a bitch. Okay, come on over here. That's the type of thing, exchange, that they would have. In that meeting, one of uh, one of uh, Ben's friends actually makes a racist comment. Ben grabs him and he says, get the fuck out of here. Don't embarrass us. Ben takes the initiative to kick his friend out. He said, I told you guys, I want to come down here, listen to music, see what it's all about. So Ben's actually doing something to defy his, his father, Hank. He wants to listen to that N-word music, right? He likes it. He likes it not because he's defying his father. He likes it because he likes the music playing in this club. Kind of an upbeat jazz, right? Uh, Stuff that uh, Elvis Presley would later make popular, right? Well, um, that's like the... It's like the first meeting, Ben and Clarence. Clarence realized something's up with Ben. He says, okay. But ben invites him and his buddies. Ben doesn't, Ben knows to invite Clarence and his buddies with him and his buddies. You know, race relations being what they were back then, Clarence says, yeah, how about we meet somewhere here? So he doesn't want to be dragged out and have the crap beat out of him. Right? Ben gets it. Although that type of stuff didn't really happen back in uh, uh, in Colorado. It happened in the South, not in Colorado. And uh, then it winds up being just Ben and Clarence hanging out with each other. Ben meeting with Clarence up there in, uh, at, his, uh, at his uncle's bar. Clarence seeing Shirley. Clarence thinking, you know, they sure treat Shirley a hell of a lot worse than I've been treated. Thinking about the people treating Shirley like crap, right? And so that may or may not be true from Clarence's perspective, but that's how Clarence views the world. And when I say I cheated a little bit, that's because I've given Clarence some of my attitude. I don't think it's a white attitude, though. So I've had a lot of, of friends and readers who are not white read John Rock and say, yeah, I can identify with Clarence. I thought, you know, I was worried that I wrote him as being a white guy. They said, no, he's just not your stereotypical angry black man. So that's true. But he does get pissed off. He puts on a suit and goes out, beats the crap out of Nazis. He says, yeah, <laughs> total all of us wish we could do that. So I think I cheat a little bit by giving Clarence my, 
little fuck off attitude. But at the same time, I don't diminish that at all. I don't diminish the effects that bad words have on people based off of race, religion, or anything like that. I don't diminish it because it's a real shitty thing. Of course, when I was growing up, I didn't get that people were, when people in school were coming down on me for being Italian, right? Looking back, I have some memories where I think, God damn, I think that kid's dad was a fucking Nazi. There was some conversation I had with, with kids back then, like, well, I'm Italian. Well, what do you have wrong with Italians? You know, the guy said, my, my dad thinks Italians are crappy. I said, well, you like pasta, don't you? Yeah, it's like the only good thing Italians ever did. But we make it so it's not Italian. Okay. But you said you might be German. Well, that's okay then. That was the conversation I actually had when I was like eight fucking years old, right? It didn't dawn on me until about six years ago. That kid was a fucking racist. His dad was probably a goddamn Nazi. Maybe it's because I'm stupid. I don't know. Of course, at the same time, like I said, people call me all these names in chat and chat rooms or when I'm playing games. Like, fuck, I laugh it off. I tell them to go fuck themselves. I get pissed off about other things. But, uh, you know, maybe it's because that's my white privilege, right? Then again, like I said, I got friends who are are black, Asian, whatever, who have a very similar outlook, right? That doesn't mean that any of us ignore racism when it rears its ugly head. Like, I mean, fuck, Trump's a fucking racist. I cannot stand the Phantom Menace, not because I'm fronting, not because I'm, I'm pretending to be a caring white person, but because I'm watching Jar Jar Binks on screen reading words Jedi Massa, and I'm thinking, I can't take that. And then I see the Jedi treating him like a subhuman uh, person, and I'm noticing there are no black people in that universe, except for Lando Calrissian and a couple technicians in Cloud City. That's not, that's not kosher. Something's wrong with George Lucas. George Lucas married a black woman? Really? Slap some sense in your man. <laughs> I mean, it bothers the hell out of me. Of course, there are a lot of other things that also bother the hell out of me. But I really can't overlook it. I can kind of overlook stuff from Hollywood, early Hollywood. Right? Like, there was a lot of racism to overcome. Not just in Hollywood, but in the public. So I get it when I see Marlon Brando dressing up like he's Japanese. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a good movie. Should be remit and remade, however. Should, because the movie's all about white people abandoning so-called white culture or American culture and going a whole hog into Japanese culture and the Japanese conquering through peace, but in conquering 
it's not really conquering like being overlords. It's more like conquering of conquering the mentalities of racism. That's what that movie's about. So I'm like, I, I can see why they were doing that. I can see the the assimilation of the Anglo's by the Japanese culture. The Japanese culture, it looks like they're being dominated by the Anglo's, and at the end of the movie, the Japanese culture is dominating the Anglo's. And look at what happens 30 years later. Japanese culture is a widely accepted, respected culture. 1940s, it was the bane of human existence. 1980s, 1990s, it was an amazing uh, source of energy and intellectualism. So I, I can I can see how how that movie and I can I can sort of justify that movie because the message is speaking to white people using a white actor playing a Japanese guy and having other white actors uh, slowly essentially becoming Japanese at the end of the movie. Um, I keep forgetting the name of the movie. It's uh, something Tea House, you know. Um, I actually think it's a really well done movie, and I think that that movie should be remade. Uh, although it, maybe it can't be. Maybe it was a a product of its time. Like Song of the South used all of the racist tropes to speak the language of the slaves and those who were being held down by Jim Crow and other other laws. And what you had was a deceptive covering of white racism subverted by the tales of Br'er Rabbit. Br'er Rabbit who represented the freed slaves who was undermining the white authority. Br'er Rabbit's a powerful series of tales that are very important to American history. And Br'er Rabbit is the hero. Bugs Bunny, I believe, is an extension of Br'er Rabbit. I, I honestly believe that. And, uh, you know, when they have Bugs Bunny doing blackface, what, it's very similar to a Br'er Rabbit tar baby story. Um, they don't show that anymore. Uh, but uh, you have Bugs Bunny subverting the white hunter and oppressor. And Elmer Fudd is a vegan who kills for fun and he hunts rabbits for fun. He is the white supremacist lyncher taken from the Br'er Rabbit, extended from the Br'er Rabbit stories. So I will defend those movies for being products of their time and I'm not sure if they can be ever be remade, but I, I think they need to be protected. Although I, th I think that the the Marlon Brando movie could be remade. It was, it, it was incredibly prophetic for what would happen with Japanese and Anglo culture. And uh, Ming the Merciless, a lot of people say it was a white man's power tripping story, you know, the Flash Gordon. But the fact is, Flash Gordon was not about the yellow threat. It was about imperial imperialism, imperial threat, because when Flash Gordon goes to help the people of Mongo, he goes to overthrow Ming. He does not go 
to fight the people of Mongo. He befriends Lord Baron, right? Or maybe not Lord Baron, but Baron. He, he you know, Prince Baron. Prince Baron. He defends and befriends Prince Baron, who is from Mongo. Allura is infatuated with Flash and wants to make him the next king. Flash says, no, I've, I've got Dale because Dale and I are tight. But you know what, Allura? You and Baron would make wonderful leaders. So the only person who's an evil bad guy is Ming the Merciless and his henchmen. Flash Gordon helps instate the power of the throne of Mongo with people of Mongo. So, you know, a lot of people have gone on saying that it's a yellow threat story. It's not a yellow threat story. If anything, it's against the Japanese imperialism. Supporting our involvement with China to overthrow the Japanese involvement in trying to screw over the Chinese people. Uh, when Flash Gordon came out, it really, you know, I don't know what the original intentions were, but I know that it was hardcore against the Japanese conquering of the Asian Pacific seaboard um, throughout the war and hardcore for saving the Chinese. But then the Chinese wound up getting raped and massacred by the rise of Mao, Mao Zedong. Um, and that's all due to uh, Stalin installing communism and sending sending uh, stuff. I mean, Stalin, he did some real horrible fucking things. So we kind of failed the people of Mongo. We failed the Chinese. But Flash Gordon was about equality and a justice for everyone. And it wasn't a power trip of a white man because everywhere Flash Gordon went, I mean, he was captured over and over. He was captured. He was, uh, he, he used diplomacy. He was essentially Captain James T. Kirk before Captain Kirk existed. And in every instance, Flash Gordon won allies. So he didn't go over there with an army. The army Flash Gordon was part of was the army led by Prince Baron, King Voltan, and the Lion People. They're the ones who restored Mongo. Not Flash. So I don't know. I just wanted to have a discussion of racism. I rambled on for about 35 minutes. I hope that you find something of value. I hope it doesn't, you know, I made a joke about me white-splaining. I hope it's not coming across as me white-splaining. I hope that it's seen as a valuable thing. And I also hope that people don't think that I'm diminishing the powers of racism, racist words. I hope people are seeing this podcast episode as... Finding strength and truth to defeat racism. Take it seriously when it rears its head. Laugh it off when you can to strip it of its power. Mock the racists. 
It's why I mock Stalin. It's why I mock Hitler. It's why I mock uh, anyone else. Oh, and uh, look up the radio series, Superman vs. the Clan of the Fiery Cross. Stetson Kennedy. Uh, he, he did it. He did a... He did a pretty heroic thing by infiltrating the KKK in order to create that that uh, serial. It's pretty amazing. And uh, mocking racists works because it strips them of their power. It's also why I have Clarence mocking racists. Like, yeah, fuck you, man. I'm better than you. You know, and I know it's not the same thing, me sharing experiences of me being called down. No, it's not the same thing. Not saying it is. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. But uh, I'm saying that, yeah, the only thing that we can do, sometimes the only thing we can do, because punching people at random is illegal. So the only thing we can do sometimes is just mock them. Anyway, that's it. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you take care. And uh, if you want to call me a dumbass, feel free to call me a dumbass. As soon as my Twitter is unlocked, fuck you, automatic Twitter, and you stupid, dumb assholes who don't speak English that use just a search phrase in order to... Ban the friggin' tweet without realizing that I'm not actually saying that search phrase, that I was criticizing somebody who was. Fucking unlock my goddamn Twitter already. Please, thank you. Anyway, you guys take care.